hustling, hustling. Every day I'm 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 every day I'm every day I'm hustling. Rick Rash, I still have it playing, but it's uh, Rick Ross hustling. Okay, that works too. She wanted Nipsey Hustle. I thought it was fitting. It is fitting, but this one, this one's more you than that. You think so? Every day I'm hustling. That's <laughs> what you true. made it sound like when you this were. This is true. An artist. This is, but I'm also about community empowerment. How are you an empowering community? Oh, don't get me started. You don't know my story. That's what I said. We need to be doing more of this. Mm. So, introduce yourself. Well, hello, people. My name is Latresa Blackman. Okay. And um, I wear many hats, but I am uh, a business owner. I have two businesses that I own and operate. I've got a real estate business that we'll talk about, and then I'm also into financial advising. Mm-hmm. And I'm a mother, and I am a community activist, Apparently. just for the record. Allegedly okay. a no, community activist. No, I am. I'm we'll talk really about good. it. And I also do a lot of women empowerment, so nice. that's kind of a nutshell. Well, first, thank you, because uh, this conversation started because you post so much stuff uh, on Instagram that uh, interests me even for myself, but I think a lot of people that see it would, would say the same thing, that um, when you talk about investments, fixing your credit score, we obviously did the financial series mm-hmm. or financial podcast in here, which I think we'll do more of, but, um, just to break down into more detail, some of the stuff you talk about on your Instagram. Um, and, and for me, it's, I want to, for myself, like I said, but for anyone listening that has no idea, like go from, uh, the fundamental, most elementary point of it. And hopefully we can have more conversations where yeah. um, we can build on, on what, what we start. So just to give you a little bit of background on myself, um, I used to work in corporate America. Yep. I worked out there. Doing uh, what? I was a VP for my last position okay, nice. for a major retailer. Okay. Um, and so I worked for there for like 15 years. And I got really sick um, back in 11 and mm-hmm. had to take some time off of work. And I also realized that my life was nothing but work at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but because I had, at that time, over $96,000 in medical bills due mm. to my time in the hospital, um, tests ran and all the other good stuff, um, I was having a hard time launching my own businesses. Right. Question, question mm-hmm. before we go to yeah. you. I'm going to ask along the way because though I have questions for you on your uh, f- financial expertise, mm-hmm. um, I still can't get away from just the people aspect of my podcast. So, well, you said your your life was all work. Uh, you may have said it differently, but, but more or less, how do you feel about that? Well, you don't realize until sometimes you got to sit down. You know. So you feel like it? Did you mind it? Looking back, did you mind it? Because I feel like I'm always thinking about work. Um, a lot of that is because I enjoy a lot of things that I do. Mm-hmm. So I don't I, I don't always think everything I'm doing is work. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. Um, when I hear that, I'm like, oh, that doesn't sound so bad. But yeah, what when are your you're wor- thoughts? When you're working for yourself. True. True. <laughs> I yeah. was making other billionaires more millions. Right. So, you know, I worked in a corporate ladder. So, you know, I think we're programmed to think you go to school, you get your degree, you'll go get a corporate job. Right. You, and I made good money. So mm-hmm. I was good. You know, right. I was climbing the corporate ladder very quickly. But then, you know, I'm a mother and all right. the other stuff. And now I, I realized that I was sacrificing everything else in my personal life just to build my career. Sure. And also, once I got sick, I also realized they can replace me really quickly if they needed to. Did they? That's, so that's they the had to, right? That they legally, just for people in the corporate world, there's called FML, FMLA. Right. Which protects your job for um, four months. And then after that, they are legally able to replace you. Sure. And so I was creeping around the four-month mark, and I'm like, holy crap. Like, this is my only source of income. Mm -hmm. And if they replace me, what am I going to do? How am I going to survive? Right. That was the reality check that I only had one source of income coming into my house. 
and someone else was controlling my entire livelihood. Right, right. That's real life. It happens. Well, I think it happens to almost everybody. Mm-hmm. Right. A lot of sources of uh, of debit, <laughs> but not not so many sources of income. Absolutely. So, um, okay, we'll we'll go on. So you you were sick. You came mm-hmm. out of the hospital. Had bills. Mm-hmm. Um, you. you I mean, go from there. I had time to think while right. I was resting. Right. God sits you down sometimes. I'm a runner, naturally, so he was like, okay, I'm going to make you sit down. I now. saw you running on Instagram the other yeah, day. Yeah, yeah. You was running towards a lot of different things. I am. But you was also uh, recording it, so you weren't running hard enough because you were able it's to. It's called on a stand. You should get, like, <laughs> it's called a goat um, case that sticks to anything. So oh, how okay. about that? Thank you. You got it on you right now? No, I don't have it on me. Because it's only, I don't I need it for, I, I don't want it sticking about. to my window as I'm driving. Is it the one with the commercial where they put it on the mirror and all yeah. that stuff? Yeah. You should try it. it. So don't no, come I can't me. because mine don't is come my wallet. Me. Don't come for me and my, my, my Instagram. And I have, I'm just saying, you was running, but you was checking and no, checking. No, it's called slow mo. Slow mo. But anyways, so yeah, so I was sick and I had time to think and get my life in order and realize that my son never seen me because yeah. I was always working uh-huh. um, and my personal life had kind of go to, to shit for lack yeah. of better words. So uh, I decided I wanted to start another business. And even though I was making at the time 300000 plus, right. uh, I couldn't get a loan for like $2,000 because yeah. my credit score had tanked. Yeah. And that was a reality check of you make all this money and you can't get a loan for $2,000. Right. So that's when I'm like, this is a problem. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And it happens to more people. I'm sure I'm not the only one who either goes through things in life or made bad decisions. Right. And that's when I started to get, get into financial advising and really started getting into how I improved my credit score. Mm-hmm. And that's what launched both of my real estate business and my financial advising. So right there is what's tough, right? Because what I aim to do, and, and you and I haven't talked a lot about what my whole idea with ultimate bachelor is right mm-hmm. um the everyone hears me say this the name is for shock value to make you listen right because you say ultimate bachelor and immediately everyone's gonna go who who this dude think he is right but the point <laughs> is course. not that the point is to become an ultimate bachelor even if you're married but always improving yourself right the progression of men in all ways Agreed. and in that a lot of people can learn but um what i hope to do is make everything relatable right whether you talk about fashion, hygiene, dating, relationships, um, I mean, finance, mm-hmm. um, uh, everything, lifestyle, fitness, everything. Um, there's levels to everything, right? You have someone okay. who makes a ton of money. You have someone who uh, doesn't make very much money. You have someone that makes in between. If it's a relationship, you have someone that's been in a ton of relationships, all these things. So trying to get at all levels. So one of the first things I hear when trying to make this relatable to people who maybe don't have a lot of money is, okay, well, you had a job that made $300,000. So obviously you did something while you went to school and and probably went to a good school. And and so you had a good starting off point, even if it wasn't money Mm -hmm. of a certain knowledge. So as we go through this, I want to make sure, and I'll probably stop you to ask questions on how you would make it more relatable as we go through does that make sense yeah and then it starts with you know my grind was that you know my parents really instilled in me that you've got to work hard for what you want right and so i just came from you know i had great parents amazing parents Mm -hmm. that said regardless of what you're doing you're going to have your own as a woman um and you know they probably pushed me and my sisters hardly even pushed my brother because they said i never want you to be in an environment where you can't leave or you can't take care of yourself So I've had a job since I was 14 years old. So I had the work ethic already instilled in me. And so going to college and getting my degrees was just a natural progression because that's what we're taught to do. Mm -hmm. But not now that I look back, you know, that doesn't, you don't have to go to college to be successful. You don't have to have, you know, a master's degree from University of Michigan. Right. I hate that school. To to be able to. Did you get a master's from there? No, I would never go there. Oh, do you have a master's? I do have a master's. From where? Oh, the Ohio State. University, but we'll stay focused, okay? Obviously, <laughs> we can we'll see though. Latrice has had success; she has not escaped her bias. Hey, so we will 
move on with Anyways, that in mind. Anyways, the point of the matter <laughs> is you can be successful. Right. And now what I'm doing now is that I don't even need a degree right. for what I'm doing. Right. So but you, you need experience. You need experience. And that's where partnering up and having people, mentors, I really truly sure. believe in having people that are in the grind, know what to do, and they can give you some advice. Because sure. in both the businesses, you can make really good money, but you can lose a lot of money if you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so anyone can do it, and I am a true believer of continue to push yourself forward and put yourself around people mm-hmm. that are where you want to be. Sure. And so your network is your network mm-hmm. at the end of the day. And so continuing to build towards that, anyone from any background can do it. Yeah. Good. So from there, you said, hey, I've got one source of income, mm-hmm. and, and I want to – Maybe I want to speed us up through your background because all your other stuff is so powerful. I want to make sure we get to some of that Got so it. people can hear it. But so I guess where do you start? Yeah, so I started working on my credit and I started getting my credit together. So I really dove into why my credit score was the way it was and right. what do I have? What can I do to get it there? At the time, I didn't have $96,000 in my savings account mm-hmm. to pay off all those medical bills. So I started the process of really removing as much as I could, disputing mm-hmm. off, which is so. You're I'm right. So to start before citizen. even there, mm-hmm. what what makes you say okay? I I gotta get my credit in in order. When I got denied for a loan for two thousand oh. dollars. Okay, good point. <laughs> and then from there, it's like, what makes you think I can do this? I can get this cleared up. I knew um, briefly, you know, just kind of speaking, that there were advisors out there. Mm-hmm. Um, credit advisors. Credit advisors, financial advisors. Yeah. But um, I'm a little bit of a control freak. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, do I want to just share all this information with someone else? If they can do it, then I can do sure, it. That's right, always sure. my thought process. Yeah. Is, that's why I ran a half marathon because I've seen yeah. a woman 60 years old do it. I'm like, yeah. oh, she can do it. Oh, yeah, I, I can, can do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> Stupid mm-hmm. idea. <laughs> but um, so I started to listen to the podcast. Mm-hmm. I started to um, you know, listen to things in the car about financial advising. I went through Dave Ramsey as well, okay. which is a very popular yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, advisor out there. And really just started to build myself. And so once I started to learn, get mentorships, go through, educate myself, then I really started to partner with companies that that's what they did um, in partnership with my business. So the question is then, did you go back to your job? Um, I did briefly. Okay. I did go back briefly uh, to my job for about six months. Okay. So I finished out the year at my job um, while I was also getting my real estate license, mm-hmm. while I was also learning about financial advising. So I just told myself, like, let's grind hard for six months. And yeah. then, you know, many people talk to me like, how'd you walk away? How'd you walk away? That's a lot of money. Like, yeah. how'd you walk away? And there's not a perfect time to walk, I'll right. be honest. I hear that a lot. Like, I, I want to walk away. I don't have enough time. Right. That's not oftentimes the problem. It's not your time. It's your organization. Mm-hmm. And if you are not organized while you have a full-time job, you will be a mess yeah. when you walk away and have all this free time. Sure. So you'll be doing a lot of busy work but not generating income. Mm-hmm. So I had to get myself organized, a yeah. mindset. Um, and so I went through one final Christmas season at my job. And then um, that's when I decided that – it's all about me. And the grind is definitely different when you work for yourself. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's there's some background to it. Um, I, I want to almost get into more of what some of you are doing now because that's what mm-hmm. I wanted to meet with you for. I just figured we'd record it because if anyone and can And he get didn't tell light. me we were recording today. Um, I got great. no Look notice at, at, at all. I have a gym hat on. Hair's on fleek. So, like, so it makes me think you didn't, wor- hair. you didn't work at the gym. No, this, the hair it's is fuzzy curled. in the back. It's fuzzy in the back. You, you see, can't see she's that. She's trying like, to make excuses now. No. She didn't work very hard. Anyways, focus. <laughs> <laughs> You're the one who brought that up. I'm looking well, right in the screen. I'm looking no at what warning. they can see. Please don't judge me. Anyways. <laughs> so the things I see on your Instagram, I mm-hmm. see the credit repair, I see... Uh, lately you just post up a video of investment houses and I've already asked you some of these questions right before we got on here. So some of it will be redundant, but, um, I, I mean, personally, I'd love to do some work with you. We talked on the phone quick. So, um, you know, my parents have been asking me about investing in Detroit. Um, but I've also looked at some other investments as well outside of Detroit for different things. Um, one of the big things, I'm always questioning is where do people find the money? I know they're not always using their money. 
sometimes they are. It's like, how do you determine when you're using your money, when you're not? Mm-hmm. Um, you have rental properties, you I have do. Airbnbs. Mm-hmm. It's like, if someone wants to take on a project like that, how do they determine, or, or what are the things they should be looking for to make sure that they're, one, getting into a good investment? Mm-hmm. And I don't mean by, I walk into a house and, oh, this looks good, that looks good, as much as I'm saying, okay, I'm working, I'm walking into this investment, how do I determine how much I'm gonna make from it? So how much should I spend? How much am I gonna make? And and I guess the conversation here to start is just that thought process that you start with yeah. on that, you know what I mean? It's really, first and foremost, you have to know how the economy is currently trending. Sure. So right now, anyone who's been you know listening to any kind of financial advice, watching how the economy goes in waves, it would be not a smart decision if you are going to be in real estate investing to get multiple rental properties and take out multiple loans. Hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, if someone's not paying their rent, if someone, if the house is empty, you yep. still have to make that mortgage payment. Right, right. So I am not a believer. I teach a mentorship program on these exact subjects, mm-hmm. and I'm not a believer in financing rental properties. Mm-hmm because it's just too high risk. Right. And that's how a lot of people got in trouble, like it's 07, 08, 09, it's because they took out all these loans and then now the houses are not valued at right. what the loan is and sure. they're upside down. Okay. But they're still making these payments. Right, right. And the house is empty. So they're yeah. losing money. So they're like, forget it, I'll just walk away from it. Uh-huh. That's what a lot of people did. So, But if you own it free and clear, you can take your time sure. as you walk through that process. So my thought process is I flip houses so you've seen like HGTV, everyone watches HGTV yeah, yeah. where they make everything look pretty again. Um, you know, I do that regularly throughout the year. And so I'll flip a house, I'll generate a lot of profit from right. it. My very first house I flipped, I made $75,000. Right, but what all goes into flipping a house? Then so is the you question. have to find the house first. It's right. location, 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 location. Right. Personally, I don't flip a lot in the city limits of Detroit mm-hmm. because and, the values and let's, are Let's just actually keep it general to if someone everywhere. looking anywhere. Yeah. So it's location. Yeah. So you want to make sure that there is some profit, some equity, some meat on the bone mm-hmm. left on the property that you're buying. Right. Find the ugly duckling on the street. Yeah. Right. Find the ugliest house on the street. Right. The one that everyone wants to bulldoze. Right. And that's the one you say, that's the jewel. Right. So um, you want to find that, and then you want to see what are those houses around it selling for. Mm-hmm. So if you can get that house for just easy math for fifty thousand, but yet the houses around it are selling for one fifty, right? It's a no brainer sure. that even if you need to put thirty thousand into it, sure. I'm still walking away with a lump sum of change. Sure. Location is it's all about location. Mm-hmm. That's that's what it boils down to. You got to make sure the location is right. And you need to have, you know, obviously a real estate agent or someone around you that can assess the value of the homes in the neighborhood. Um, because once you find the house, finding the money is easy. Yeah. It's finding the deal that's the hardest part. Okay. And that makes sense because you're in, in just breaking through. Sorry. Okay. You're just breaking through with what I know about buying a house just because I've bought a couple. But when you're getting a real estate agent to, to assess the value, obviously running comps, mm-hmm. f- figuring Market out analysis, but, yep. but some of that stuff you can find on your own. You, I know it's all public record pretty much that how much houses around it sold for. Absolutely. So with a little bit of work, you know, after you do it once, I think it gets easier. But Absolutely. you could probably find some of that on your own, right? Agreed. You can, I mean, that's all public record. So going on any county treasurer's office. Yeah. Um, any kind of website, you can see how much houses in that area have sold for. Heck, you can see who owns the house. Right. You'll know if it's a house is a, a house that someone is occupying, which sure. means owner occupied, or you'll know if they're rented out. Yeah. Um, which also will pay into the value of the neighborhood. Nice. So the question then is, okay, I decided today, hey, I want to flip a house. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go pick. I'm gonna go look in locations that I think would be good mm-hmm. or recommended. Yep. Right. I'm gonna try and go find a house that's undervalued and that could be for several different reasons like you said it could be the ugly duckling um but you're looking for something that's probably available for less than what houses around it are like because you recently like i said on your instagram you had a you had a a video where you were going through a house that you just purchased that was trash more or less right completely it it was multi-unit though yes it's three units yeah so that one was trash so you wouldn't, are you taking that to flip it or are you taking that to rent it? No, I'm taking it to rent it. Okay. Yeah. So that one, you were just 
buying dirt cheap for the value and Absolutely. just gonna put money into it? Absolutely. Okay, okay. So the difference then, there is a difference there. So you're saying find, find the house, get help from a realtor, real estate agent um, to, to understand the value. And then you said finding the money is easy. Talk to me about that. Yeah, so there's money all around you. Yeah. And so uh, stop thinking like a consumer and think like an investor. Mm -hmm. And I say that because oftentimes people will say like, okay, where do you get money from? I get That's probably the number one question. How do you find the funds to get started? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, for example, I talked to a guy and your 401k is money that you can be using. So if you have right. a W-2 or if you are a W-2 employee, mm -hmm. more than likely you're probably investing money into a 401k. Sure. On average, a 401k is making you less than $500 a year across right. America <laughs> after you take out what you put in. Mm -hmm. So you've got that money that's sitting there. You can take money against a 401k for a home purchase and then not that's right. hold and that back on you. Yeah, and pay it back. Yeah. I've so imagine you taking – Twenty thousand dollars to close on a house, and you just made sixty-five. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. No um, it's no-brainer. And then I just, I just one say, thing, have conversation with One thing with to talk about that, mm -hmm. though. The only reason I do that is because I know personally about that. There are rules to that. Yes. Which um, knowing the fact that you can take it is a good rule. For some of those people, also need to know though that you have to pay it all back at once on most of those. Depends like on what type of what what type of how you so you're, if you're doing a, a hardship yeah or if you're doing just basically a loan against it and actually I should say that two ways one they'll set you up on a payment plan to pay it back over five years but a lot of times that'll lock you into the job you're at because as soon as you leave that job you'll have to pay it all back at once the only point is that if you borrow twenty thousand dollars and you make sixty five thousand dollars recommendation from me from what I know and and give your input is pay the twenty back when you get the 65 because some people want to hold on to that and they're like oh they're letting me pay on this anyways and and i can see someone getting in trouble for that no you pay it back yeah. so even i use personal money mm -hmm. i use hard money which is where you have a short-term loan um which we could talk about that yeah um, i use um private lenders mm -hmm. and so where people will lend me a lump sum of cash because they see that the home has equity into it um, so there's multiple different ways. I have received lenders or private money from people next to me on a plane. You know, it's just a yeah. conversation. Yeah. There is money all around you. If you have a house that your parents have lived in for 10 plus years, there's equity in that right. house, right? Yeah. A home equity line of credit is a great way to get a low interest rate loan against a property. You still have the house and you're probably paying 2%, 3% on the equity inside your home that you're sitting on. Mm -hmm. There's money. Right. It's just asking yourself, have I really looked for the money? Or, But that takes a mindset change. Mm -hmm. So if you tell me you have a house that has equity in it, then I can help find you the money. That's for sure. So then I'm going to go back to what you do a little bit. Um, do you – and so then how do you work with people with that, right? Mm -hmm. do, you, do you get into good investments with people – um, seeing some benefit for you, but they're obviously getting your expertise in it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I run a mentorship program all okay. year round. So a lot of times, two things. My mentors come to me and they'll, you know, I teach them the process, teach them the game, and then they'll find their own property. Mm -hmm. And then if not, then I also have a handful of properties usually that I haven't started working on that I own personally mm -hmm. so that I can sell to them at a discounted rate mm -hmm. because my goal is to help as many people as possible be mm -hmm. successful. So we can go either route. Yeah. Um, the, there are, you know, good properties out there. Yeah. But once they found the property, I have the connections with the money are really, I mean, they're really all around us. Sure. We just don't know how to approach it mm -hmm. in a professional way where we can say, hey, can you give me $30,000? Yeah, like, right. That's not the way to do it. But if you approach someone and says, you know, what if I told you you can make your money make money? Mm-hmm. That's like the ultimate bachelor. Right. That's a shock effect, right? right? You're going to say, what are you talking about? Right, right, for sure. And say, how do I do that? And so if I say, all right, you've got, how long have you been at your job? 10 plus years. All right, do you do you put in your 401k every month, every week? Yes. All right, when's the last time you looked at your statement? Most people don't even know how much they have. Right, for sure. <laughs> and then you say, okay, I've got 15000 Okay, if I told you, if you let me borrow $15,000, I'm going to pay you back 15% interest in six months. Mm -hmm. That's going to make you another da, da 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 Then you're, but if you leave it in there, you're going to make about $250 after you take out all the interest and fees. Right. It's a no-brainer. Right. Take that to a bank. Are you going to make 15%? No. 
My goal is to help people that I know personally grow their business. That's I'd rather go to someone I know and help them make money and sure. make money than me go to a bank right. or go to you know a lender because yeah. obviously they already make money. <laughs> so what's the advantage in, in that for you? Is it just stuff that you can't manage on your own or is it um, because of the time that would be put into it or is it just strictly passing along the good fortune? Like it's, I'm sure you're making a little money on the sale too. Yeah, right? my mentorship program is a paid program. Right. Um, but on top of that um, – you know, I'm helping to rebuild. Mm -hmm. So there's sometimes I may own multiple properties on the same street. Right. So I can only, um, I only have so many crews right. that it can move right. at the same rate. If you rehab a property on the same street as mine, you're also helping improve my property value. Sure. <laughs> so yeah. it's a win-win. Sure, yeah. I just sold a house, which is a great tax write-off. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, you're fixing up the house across the street. So you're re helping build a neighborhood that I'm investing in. Right. We both are winning. Right. Hmm. Raise nice. property value. Right. So once you have three houses within a half a mile radius, that all elevate. Mm -hmm. You just elevated the whole entire the neighborhood. The whole neighborhood, for sure. Mm -hmm. So that's on the, the uh, flipping side. Mm -hmm. What about the rental side? Yeah. How, so say someone says, I don't want to flip. You would always recommend flipping over rental for your first? Or, or what would you suggest doing first between the two? It matters if you, if you don't have any capital. So if yeah. you're like... LT, I'm dead broke, right? Yeah. Like, I got nothing. Then there is a process called wholesaling, which is a whole nother avenue of real yeah. estate. But if you either going to start off, most people start off in wholesaling or flipping. Let me get that. Oh, I'll call her back. <laughs> okay. Because um, we can edit it out. Yeah, you can edit <laughs> it out. I didn't even see it ringing. Um, but most people are usually going to get into one or the two of those categories. Mm -hmm. The reason being is that um, rental properties are more of a long-term passive so wait, income. Just to be clear, you're saying flipping or wholesale, wholesale are the two you're discussing right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. So that's usually your first step in the real estate mm -hmm. investing. Wholesaling is basically where you're the middleman. So you find a property that's off the market, mm -hmm. meaning it's not associated with the real estate agent. Right. You find the house that has some value. Let's say it's your house. And then I say, okay, I'm going to give you... 40000 for your house. I'll buy your house from you for $40,000. Mm -hmm. Give me 45 days to sell it. You say, okay. okay. Yeah. All right. You need money. You're looking to move out. Yeah. You just want to get it done. I then sell it to Billy Ray Cyrus over here for 50000 Okay. I just made $10,000. Yeah. Anyone can do that. Yeah. You don't have to have a, be a licensed real estate agent to be able to do that. Sure. So that's what wholesaling is. You find a property off the market. You find a buyer. You negotiate the rates. The, the amount of money you make in between, you keep. But once it's on the market, you can't do that. Once it's I keep hitting your name. You keep hitting me. Okay, once it's associated with a real estate agent, you cannot do that. So it has to be okay. a house that's not listed with a okay. real estate agent. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anything on Zillow, anything for sale by owners, Trulia, Redfin. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people. Craigslist, Facebook Marketplace. There's a lot of places where you can get houses off the market. Zillow, Zillow also has... Houses that are on the market, though, right? Yes. Okay, It'll yeah. say at the bottom if it's oh, on, if it's listed. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so that's because then, then you can just generate it. You just generate ten thousand yeah. dollars for just being the middleman. For being the real estate agent, mm, essentially, kind of something like that. Something like that. So those are the first two recommendations. Mm -hmm. So then, why get into rental properties then? Because that's going to make you money for a long time. Okay. <laughs> well, then let's go into it. That makes you money for a long time. So I personally. I wholesale a property or I flip a house, generate a lot of capital, and then I use that capital to buy a rental property for mm -hmm. cash. Usually they need some work. Um, sometimes that's where you find the value at. Mm -hmm. um, I then get them up to code, get them running, and then rent them out. Um, sorry, sorry, wait again. The multi-unit you were just showed, mm -hmm. you are, I know you already said this. That was rental or flip. That's a rental. Rental, okay. Mm -hmm. yep. That's a rental. So that's a three-unit that is a... Let's see, there's three bedrooms, two three-bedroom, one-bath units, and then a studio apartment on the third So, uh, I, and I don't know if I'm being too nosy, but you how much did you are. buy that for? Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah, you probably are. I paid $1,000 for that house. Okay. We're going to have to talk about that. <laughs> Might have to cut that out. Because I feel no, like no, no, the no, people no. are going to call you about that one. Anyways, we, I'm, it's not for sale. So, you right, can call me right, all day long. Right. I'm not selling that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because it's going to make um, me a I'm lot saying of money. I'm trying to figure out how to find something. Because I, I do know there's a lot of work that goes into it, right? Mm -hmm. we, on the video you had, 
at least I saw two guys working on it. Those oh, yeah. guys aren't free. No. And then all the materials not free. So no. so it's not like the the rental properties a thousand dollars to make you money. I'll no. be putting more money into it to get it fixed up mm -hmm. than I will what I pay for the property. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Heck, the clean out's gonna cost me almost a thousand dollars. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it's a thirty five hundred square foot house. I mean building, so it's yeah. Not small. Well, nice. Um, so, anyways, you you're talking about. Don't put your phone away. They're about to die anyway, so it doesn't matter. Oh, thought I had a cord in here. It's and, okay. It's okay. I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> anyways, but uh, so you're saying rental properties make you money over a long time. So you're saying um, you generate capital with mm -hmm. your flips and wholesale to buy rental properties. But tell me why those are making money because I. I First thing in my, that comes to my head is it just seems like a lot of hassle. Mm, it's called a property manager. So I have crews, contractors that work on staff. Um, obviously, I have flips that I'm doing. I have rentals that I'm doing. So I keep them working mm -hmm. a lot. They, uh, so they take care of me. Um, but in the long run, once I get it up and running, I'm a property manager who manages the building. So, mm -hmm. you know, if a toilet breaks, I don't know how to yeah, fix it right. anyway. So yeah. uh, you call your my property manager, you know, if you're not paying rent, my property manager deals with that. Sure. So you can get a property manager. Usually a good rate is if you're paying them 10% of the rent per month. So if you've got a thousand, if you're getting thousand dollars for a house per month in rent, you pay them a hundred dollars a month mm -hmm. to manage the property. Sure. They deal with all of the hands on. There's mm -hmm. a lot of times that well, you may never even meet the person that actually owns the house you're renting. You're dealing with the property manager, so oh, if right, right. empty, yeah, for sure. they'll show the property. So. so the question then becomes, and and I know about property management. I was just uh, hoping that was the answer you were giving, or if there was a different answer that I didn't know, I wanted to know. But I guess I'm saying, you said you have this property, you're paying the mortgage on it. I know you were saying you pay for them in cash, but mm -hmm. if they stop paying rent, you know, that's the hassle I'm thinking of more than anything else. Yeah, if they stop paying rent, then at the end of the day, I'm not losing anything. Sure. Because I own a free and right. And if they stop paying rent, then we go to court with my property right. manager. I'm not showing up. Right, sure. They're the ones who handle all of that. So it's worth $100 a month at your So you have a property management company. You don't have just like a person. I have person. someone that works for me that's a oh, property okay. manager. Okay. So a part of my team is a property manager on staff. But you would say... But you can hire property manager companies well, out that's there. What you would that's mm -hmm. what you would probably have to do, right? Most if someone's people. getting the first one. Or you can just hire me and I'll manage your property for you. you <laughs> no, you won't. You'll have your property manager. Well, he's still a part of me. He's right. an extension of me. So right. it still works out. Yeah, for sure. So I do have investors across the country. Mm -hmm. So one of the places I was coming from before I came here is... Um, someone that lives in New Orleans and that's investing here locally. Mm -hmm. And so I'm getting, she bought the house. We, I've helped her find the house. She, long story short, she gave me a lump sum of money. Mm -hmm. Said I wanted to invest this amount. Mm -hmm. I found her a property. She said, yes, we closed on the property. I set her up with my crew. So it's, I have an approach that kind of takes you from beginning to sure. end. So now we're at the final stages. So I was walking the property with my contractor to make sure we we're good to go. My property manager would then step in and find a tenant. So sure. she just gave me the lump sum, and I kind of my team kind of took it from there. Sure, nice. For people that may not be here locally, or for people that maybe be too busy, like hey, I want to get into investing, but I don't have the time sure. to micromanage this process. So make it very hands off. For sure. But at the same time, she just for her particular, she gave me ten thousand dollars. Right. All right. She paid uh, for the house total, I think she paid like $4,500 mm -hmm. for the house. It's a four bedroom, two bath, full basement. And she's probably gonna be in it a total of 16, 17,000 total okay. with rehab and getting it fixed up paint and all that other stuff. But the house is gonna be renting for 875 a month. So she's rental. She's a rental. Okay. So it's, I mean, she's paying herself back in a very short amount of time. And mm. then after that, it's just income. But if she wanted to sell the house now that it's fully renovated, right. she could sell the house and get all her money back and move on to another sure. investment. She's looking for a long-term approach, so she's going to keep it as a rental. But if she wanted to turn around and say sell it for 45000 she could do that. But, you know. Good for her. Mm -hmm. I like that lady. Yeah, because I help her out. <laughs> so we're going to talk after this. <laughs> Because that's, what, that's what this meeting was for originally. But yeah, aside camera. from that, what did you say? Nothing. Go ahead. 
What did you say? I, I said and then he put me on camera, but okay. Let's go. Keep, keep going. Oh. I don't want to Remember, you can't sneak this because it's being recorded. Well, I'm, I'm going to hear back. you. So if he, if he says, let's have a meeting, and he said you have to come to the house, just so you know, you're probably going to be on camera. Side note. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to edit in our text <laughs> conversation where I told her we was maybe going to talk about it and record it. It's not on text. Thank it you. is on text. Not No recording. No, it's not. I think it's... It might not be on Focus. Time. It's, it's not, so you have no record of telling me that. But the point is, you just said that, which means we did talk about it. So we Stay good. focused. <laughs> I'm just making sure while I'm going to ask the next one, dang, it's not on text. Yeah, he told me that once I got here. Like, hey, you want to no, go into the studio? we talked about it on the phone. No, you said your cleaner was coming here. That's why you, we needed to meet at the house. In the studio. Yeah, I, I didn't know it was going to be record something. I, no. said, I did say that. No, 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 no. She forgot. See so you when you get here. <laughs> no, I might have mumbled that, but I, I did say that. So I know I said that because okay. I was planning for it. Okay. Nonetheless, <laughs> other side of your business, mm-hmm. you need to stay focused. I am. The other side of your business is the credit side, right? Yes, yes, yes. Which is uh, the redheaded stepchild of everyone's life. Uh, finances, life, finances, everything. Mm-hmm. And no one wants to talk about it. It is so important. You know what? It's actually not that important because if you have, I should, hold on. It's not everything, but it is really important. The reason I say that is because that's how it gets out of hand is because people don't need it until you need it, right? Agreed. Like you, if you make a lot of money, you like, oh, I'm just going to pay off my stuff. I'm going to pay off my stuff. And then you want to get into investing, right? So mm-hmm. now you need a loan or you want to buy a, a, a bigger house than what you can pay cash then for. Then what you can pay cash for or a variety of things. Forget about being able to buy it. The mm-hmm. rate at which you buy it at, obviously, is determined by your credit as well. So Agreed. you go to get a car loan, and well, I know some people who don't even know what their percentage is, right? So they probably bought cars several times. Because what happens when the dude goes and runs your credit, right? He yep. comes back and says, you're all good. This is your monthly payment, whatever. If the monthly payment sounds good, some people don't even check what the rate is. Right. right? So... Um, point being, it gets out of hand quickly. Some people know their credit's bad because they know they do bad stuff, but some people, like you were even saying, um, for yourself, just, you know, I don't need it. So I don't, I don't check it. I don't do whatever. I was totally, totally lost with my credit. Like I had no clue it was what it was. Right. So. And so what are you guys doing to help people? And once again, I want to have this conversation from the fundamental elementary. They could listen to the podcast we had where you brought up a lot of hot points that are very useful, but that's not walking someone from, from ground zero. And then the other question is someone who has good credit. I'll say good, not excellent, but good credit. What are they doing to improve theirs? So it's going from bad credit to better credit mm-hmm. and someone who wants to go from good to even better credit. Well, I think the first thing is to establish what is good. That's sure. that's first because um, now I'm in this industry. I deal with a lot of people, and majority of people don't realize that anytime your score is less than a 639, mm-hmm. it's an F credit rating. Okay, mm-hmm. 639 is an F. You're not a B student, B lending until you get to 700. Okay, so are you calling 700 good? 700 is B, so it's above average. You're good when you get to 800. So 800 to 850 is A. I feel like that's excellent. That's B is good. Yeah, that's what. But yeah. I, but then you said it's above average. Is good. I mean, just like school, right? If yeah. you have a, if you're a B yeah. student, you're above average. Right. If you're a student, you're you're good. Right. Right. So, yeah. did you get to? Were you a B student in school, or were you below average? What do you average? think I was in school? I don't want probably a average. B? C. C? <laughs> you made honor roll? You were athlete, so I don't believe that. I can't believe you just played me like that. I know a lot of athletes. What's that mean? Take it, take it how you want it. You I use big words. <laughs> just kidding. You also no, have a tutor. I, I, who has a tutor? Athletes have a tutor. Oh, college. I didn't have a tutor. Uh-huh. I went to DePaul with a W in Indiana, so... You don't just get into the ball, even if you're an athlete. Nonetheless, I had probably a three six in high school. Okay. So well above average, thank you. College. College, I had uh, probably a three two. Okay. Um, and then in my MBA, I had like a three eight, three nine, because I wanted to do that. 
Okay. Yeah. Where was your NBA from? Uh, we're, getting off, we're getting off topic, but go ahead. No, because you wanted to put my... my no, I just I'm said, joking, where you, what were you in school? Right, like, right I'm joking. Uh, but a B, a 700 is, is a B. An 800 okay. is an A. Okay. That's, that's very good to actually stay out there because it's all relative, right? Because if I have a 650 and that gets me, in this one instance what I need, the mm -hmm. rate I need, whatever, I may think it's good. Right. When I don't know what I need for the next instance. Agreed. So that's good to, to define. So nonetheless. So we have, we, we know, we, let's say we're starting from ground zero. We may have not looked at our credit score since Jesus walked to earth, okay, right. a long time. So we first have to establish our starting point, where we're at, and knowing all three of your credit scores. A lot of people use a site called Credit Karma. Mm -hmm. Karma is very popular. It's free. Yep. It's good for purposes. Um, but your credit score actually changes almost on a daily rate. Mm -hmm. All right. And that depends on when the items on your credit report actually report over to the credit bureaus. Right. All right. So Credit Karma only updates three times a month. Mm -hmm. So if you had a late payment, for example, probably one of the worst things you can do in you have only, you know, Credit Karma hasn't updated in two weeks and that late payment has hit, your score just dramatically changed. So. I know, and I'm going to tell you the truth because I'm going to be transparent for the people. I do that because... You get late payments? I'm going to tell you why. Because I have two different accounts, and depending for certain things, I'll pay out of a different account, right? Which is terrible. I need to clean it up. Because I pay out of different accounts, I may get busy with something because most of my stuff is automatic, right? Yeah. So if I get busy with something right there around the time... You got everything needs to be automatic. It does need to be automatic. Yeah. That's why I just I said I got to figure it out. But I'm being transparent for the people. Thank you for the, thank you for doing it for the people. It's good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> do it for the people. Anyway, so yes, um, they're changing all the time. Yes, and, and I do understand that. Yep. So you have to know Credit Karma only gives you TransUnion and Equifax. Mm -hmm. You need to know what your experience score is as mm -hmm. well. So you need to know all three, um, and so so we can know what needs to happen. Where do you get your scores from? I get my scores from uh, with the company. My company provides mm -hmm. your scores to all of our clients. So we use a site called Smart Credit. Okay. Um, and it gives paid you it's site. it's it's paid, but it's free when you're in the program. So I uh, I use my bank has a what sounds like that. I can check mine. Credit Wise. No, I don't know what they use. They but give you all three scores. Yeah, but it's like through my bank. They have mm -hmm. like their own, and they also monitor my credit for. Blemish or not blemishes changes but, no um security risk okay like yeah, yeah high risk yeah so um they're they do all that like if someone was to start a credit card in my name mm -hmm. i don't like your commercials mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but nonetheless so you're checking your story you're getting your benchmark you're deciding where you're at right yep and so there's five categories that make up your credit score okay your credit history yep your revolving credit okay AKA credit cards. Yep. Um, the types of credit that you have. Okay. The length of the credit mm -hmm. and inquiries. Mm, yeah. All right. So the biggest category is your history, how you pay your bills on time. Yep. Forty-five percent of your score is based off of it. I, I don't know. Yes. Because I see my fluctuate. Because <laughs> I, I do that, and then I call. Well, I, it hits my credit, and I call them, and I say, "Hey, I always pay my bill. Please take it off." Please and if take they it do. Off. It fluctuates back up. Mm -hmm. so. so we want to remember the whole purpose of credit is to determine what's the likelihood you're going to pay me back. Mm -hmm. You're borrowing something from right. someone. So we want to get you, we have to clean up first. So if you have negative derogatory items, including late payments, mm -hmm. collections, medical bills, foreclosures, evictions, repossessions, tax liens, child support, yeah. charge offs. I mean, I can keep going. Student yeah. loans. Yeah. Any of those things on there that are derogatory, showing negative remarks, we need to get those things removed before we add and build your credit. So this is actually what we talked about, because I was literally just about to say student loans derogatory, and it reminded me that that's the post of yours I responded to. Mm -hmm. um, that was so, I mean, things like that, you, you name things that I don't, you're saying student loans shouldn't be on there? I'm saying student loans that are not in good standing. Okay. So, um, understanding, because I know last time you talked about, like, certain medical bills shouldn't be on there. Mm -hmm. uh, medical bills shouldn't be in there that. at all. Yeah. 
I knew that. So I don't want to go that much into detail, but but um, but yeah, understanding and maybe we can have another conversation specifically on that. But understanding what things should and shouldn't be on there, I think is correct. Is really important. Anything that shows I did not pay something on time. Mm-hmm. So if you have a medical bill, the medical bill is on there because you didn't pay yeah. the medical bill. So even with your car note, car note's not bad. But yeah. if you missed a payment, that is bad. Yeah. So we're not going to remove your entire student loan profile. If let's say you missed just a couple of payments, yeah. we're just going to remove just those late payments. Yeah. Because having good history and longevity on your credit report actually helps your score be higher mm-hmm. as well. So no, ha- basically, don't try to do this on your own. I tell people that all the time you, because you may be hurting yourself and not know it. Sure. You know? I probably, I need the oil change right now. Can you change my oil, by the way? I can't. You, you can't? Yeah, I can't. Okay, okay. I'm going to pull my car and drive it. Yeah. But um, I need the oil changer. If I changed it, my car would not run tomorrow. Right. Let the experts be the experts. Right. So with, we have attorneys that write our dispute letters for us. Right. Because they know the law. Yeah. And so they, they write the letters to ask which items can be removed and which items not. The biggest problem that a lot of people do when they're trying to clean up their credit is they'll go pay off old medical bills or old collections, okay. right? Um, they'll start with, okay, we'll start with the smallest debt I have and pay that off. Yeah. Well, that actually might hurt your score versus improve your score. And mm-hmm. the reason for that is it doesn't matter how much the bill is for, it matters how recently it was added to your credit report. Mm. So for example, let's say we had a car that got repossessed in 2009, right? right? And you owe $3,000 on it. And you have a medical bill from, you know, last month for $30. Yeah. That medical bill for $30 is affecting your score more than that repossession for $3,000. Wow. It's all about how recently it was added. Yeah, because I guess they're assuming that you've grown some. Exactly. Even if you haven't. Exactly. <laughs> so if if you go all and say, oh, well, I'm going to pay off that repossession. Right. And then, leave the other bill. Yeah, then... All they're going to do is update your credit report and say, okay, you used to owe me 3000 now you owe me zero, but we just updated you to 2019. Mm-hmm. So now we just dropped your score. Wait, what do you mean? We just, what? So the bill was from, we said the bill was from 2009, right? Uh, yep. We paid off that bill, mm-hmm. right? And so now the balance went from showing on your credit report 3000 Yep. Now it shows zero. For sure. But that bill may have not updated on your credit report oh, in several years. And now you just did. And now you just made it update to 2019. Yeah, sure. So now you just dropped your score. So now you just paid off all that debt and you just dropped your score. Wow. That's crazy. People do it all the time. So <laughs> the recommend- that's how people get frustrated. The recommendation there is just don't pay it. The recommendation that is you dispute it off first okay. before you pay anything. Okay. Co- that is collections. Not installments, just for the record. If you're paying something down, continue to be current with it. Yeah. Any closed accounts, dispute it off first. So you're saying talk to them, say, hey, I want to pay you guys, but I want you guys to take it off my credit, and mm-hmm. then I'll pay it? Mm-hmm. 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 Absolutely. Nice. Because you just paid it off, and you just lowered your score. Now you're yeah. mad and yeah. angry. <laughs> I would be I'm mad for that. Right. But it happens a lot. I, I mean, I can understand how it happens. It makes sense. Yeah. Because like I said, I've... I've watch my score a lot because i told you on our last thing i had and i actually paid it so i maybe lowered my score when i did this but um i went i can't remember what i went to do and my my score was like ridiculously low and i was like what is going on like (laughs) like i've even i've been paying my stuff on time i you know i don't have any problems like i had a 700 the last time i checked seven something i'm like what's going on and it was a it was an at&t bill that I, I didn't even know I was on because it was for a business. Uh, it was like nineteen dollars that when we closed our account, like they owed the balance for nineteen dollars. Yeah, then we never even knew. I was like, come on, so they would just continue to hit yeah, you with late payments. With, like, well, yeah, unpaid for mm-hmm. a couple years probably. So <laughs> it happens a lot. But I think they took it off. I hope I think they took it off. Um, so well, good. Good stuff. To, yeah, I think good so. Good for you. We're good. Awesome. Well, thanks. So, so yeah, so that's what we got to do first. Clean up first. Yeah. Get those items off of there first. And then we and start And that's the build. stuff you think someone should be working with someone for. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Because yeah. you may say, for example, um, if you have a car note, right? Like, let's say you have a car note with you had a couple of late payments mm-hmm. on that. You don't want to say, please remove account 
because then they just closed out that entire account and removed it. Well, that account actually was helping you because sure. you've been paying all the time. You just need those late payments. Right. If you don't know what you're doing, you're once again you're gonna sure. be frustrated and take yourself back. Nice. So then you get it cleaned up, mm-hmm. and then I mean, really, from there it's just building on time and building. Building uh, yes. like adding good credit. Adding good credit. So what's good credit? Good credit would be adding accounts that have good history uh-huh. um, or tapping into categories that you haven't been using in your credit report. So, for example, good credit, um, if you are don't have a credit card, that's yeah. 30% of your score is based off of how you utilize credit cards. How you use them. Yep. A lot of people do not have credit cards. But then there's a lot of uh, rumors or misnomers out there on how to use them, right? Because I've even heard having a credit card but paying it off, like if I spend on it this month and pay it off before I get any interest on it, like I'm not building my credit. No, as long as you're using it, you're yeah. fine. Yeah. You just don't want to open a credit card and then just let it sit there. Right. And if you use it mm-hmm. and you keep your balance beneath 30%, mm-hmm. you're good. Okay. So, yeah, that's there's Even wrong. if you're clearing it out every month. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, it's not a problem. Mm. They want you to use it. So as long as you can show you're disciplined in using it and sure. paying it off, then that's not a problem. Nice. But a lot of people don't have credit cards. And it's kind of a double-edged sword because, well, I don't have a credit card because I can't get approved for one because yeah. my credit score is low. Yeah. So um, I help people with that, too. I can get you – I have some connections with some banks where we can get a credit card with 100% guarantee approval rating. So mm. we'll get you a credit card. Even if it's as low as $300, it's still going to tap into that category sure. and boost your score. Nice. So – no, and I just remember I have credit cards I'm not using. Well, so what does that mean? They're gonna either they're gonna lower your amount, or okay. they're gonna close you. They will close and you if you don't bad. use it, and that's bad. But I, but they haven't closed me. They probably are lowering your amount though, so your approval amount. So you may have had a thousand dollar card that now they're saying you got a hundred dollars you can use, and which reduces your your uh, revolving credit amount, mm-hmm. right? That, a good, great credit score. Usually, those people have at least five thousand dollars in revolving credit credit cards that they can use. Anytime. That they can use it. But I'm saying my card was like a twenty something thousand. Okay. And I, and I, in fact, I think it went up to twenty something thousand while I had a zero balance on it, though. But where you had you been using it at that time? I don't know. I can't. can't Most of the time, they'll think. increase you when they mm. see that you're responsible. Mm. Well, don't get rid of my card. I'm gonna check on that. <laughs> <laughs> don't close me out, please. <laughs> So, okay, well, good. So, clean it. Well, you can buy a house. If you've got $20,000 credit card limit, we can get you a house. I said we're going to talk after this. <laughs> I just wanted I to help, help the people that. first. <laughs> we can do something I wanted to understand what your programs were. I want to put those on wax. Yes. Uh, hopefully, uh, you can use this as well as, um, you know, to for some marketing stuff as well as other people watching it and, and be able to find you. I'll make sure all the information is on it, stuff like that. But I think that's a good place to start and stop for Perfecto. today. But uh, I appreciate it. No problem. And uh, we'll catch up again soon. Because I'm an activist. I'm here to help the community. We're going to talk about that Including next time. Including you. We're, we're going to talk about that next time. <laughs> because, I w- yeah, we're going to talk about it next time. Thank you so much. No problem.